In the last episode, we talked about kinetics, mainly about what forces are and its role in the golf swing. Today, we're talking more about forces, but this time, what's going on in the ground. Yes, what's going on between your feet and the ground has a big impact on what happens with the golf ball. And we have two of the best biomechanists teaching us today. Get ready to learn more about the ground and the golf swing than you thought possible. Here we go. You're listening to the Golf Science Lab, where we're bringing to light important research and concepts you need to understand to improve your learning and performance. Hey, I'm your host, Cordy Walker, and thank you for joining us again on today's episode. This is going to be a good one as we start part one of two episodes looking at what's going on with the ground. We also just announced what's coming up at the end of the podcast. We're doing the Golf Swing Summit. We've done two virtual summits in the past, the Motor Learning Virtual Summit and Unlocking Performance Summit, and excited to announce we're doing another one, this time on the golf swing. We have some incredible coaches and biomechanists sharing some amazing information on what they do, and more importantly, why they do it. So head over to golfswingsummit.com, and you can put your email in to stay up to date on all the information as that goes live there. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by KVEST. KVEST has two primary systems. The KVEST, which is a four-sensor system, and the K-Player, which is a two-sensor system. Martin Hall recently shared his thoughts on the K-Player and how he uses it with students. I've never seen a piece of technology that helps people find the positions, or the angles maybe I should say, that address better than the K-Player. If you love golf, you owe it to yourself to look at the K-Player. Head over to k-vest.com and watch a full video with Martin Hall showing you the system in the real world and how you might use it. Let's first introduce our guest today who are going to guide us on our journey for the next two episodes. We'll hear first from Dr. Mike Duffy. He is faculty at the Penn State in the Department of Kinesiology, as well as the biomechanist for the Golf Teaching and Research Center, where they run an awesome online class for golf instructors. If you want to get more into this, check that out. And secondly, from Dr. Scott Lynn, he's faculty at California State University Fullerton, uh, and he's also the research director at Swing Catalyst. He runs all of their certifications and has produced some great education out there. All right, let's get to this. We'll start with Dr. Duffy. For a long time, golf instructors and golfers have understood how important the the relationship is with the ground, being able to interact it, uh, push against uh, push against the ground well uh, is really important in the golf swing. But a couple things have evolved in the last few years. I think people are uh, formalizing some theories about ground force a little bit more. So that level of interaction is going up. And on, on a parallel side, uh, we're seeing some products enter the market that are relatively inexpensive, uh, specifically pressure mats, where people can start getting some ground interaction, some ground force information, uh, and start teaching with it. There's a, a paper that came out over a decade ago that was one of the first to really look at center pressure movement and its relationship with club speed. And one of the primary findings they had was that the faster you can increase force on the left side, again, this is vertical force, typically the faster the club head speed. So that's, that's good to know. On a pressure mat, what that'll show up as is the faster the center of pressure moves to the left or lead side, typically we start seeing higher club speed. So that can be good information to start with. But it's important to understand 
how that movement is created. And then it's also, I think, a little bit important uh, for the instructors to understand why it's important. Well, this throws us right into the conversation about what's going on at the ground, because we know it's important. The study that Dr. Mike Duffy mentioned, plus many others, have shown that there's something very important going on with this interaction between the golfer and the ground. And unfortunately, it seems like until recently, it's been largely ignored besides talking about weight shift, which to be honest is often misused as well. And it's unmeasured. We'll get to this. But why was it ignored? Well, it's pretty easy to answer. We couldn't really look at it because the technology to measure it wasn't readily available. It was just in the labs and universities because these lab systems, they're really big and they're also really expensive and not for golf instructors to teach with necessarily. But now with more tech than ever, like Swing Catalyst, Body Track, and a new company I ran into at the PGA show called Smart to Move, there's an opportunity to measure what's going on. And then this is super important, new ways for instructors and golfers to get feedback on what they're doing and the changes they're trying to make. It's an exciting time. So we have a lot of terms and concepts to go over, though, so that we're all on the same page with some of these concepts like pressure, force, center pressure, pressure mat. What other terms do we hear there? Vertical force, Dr. Duffy mentioned. Lots of things we need to talk about and clarify. So let's start with kind of an underlying term in all of this. It's ground reaction forces or GRF. So when you are trying to move in the golf swing, you have to push into the ground and the ground then pushes back on you in the opposite direction, which causes your body to move. It's simply the, the reaction force to what we, what we are doing with our bodies against the ground. If you like Newton's laws for every, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So every force we apply against something, there's an equal force pushing back. I'm not sure if you remember a video from Instagram that went viral with a guy taking a swing on the ice and then watching him slip and fall through the ice into the lake. Uh, we'll have it in the post that goes along with this episode if you want to watch it. But it's a great example of how ground reaction forces actually work. We use ground reaction forces in three directions, right? In a linear sense, in a rotational sense, and in a vertical sense. The rotational sense ground reaction force was you saw in that video, the guy that fell on the ice. So right when he started his downswing, if you look, what does his back foot do? It slipped away from the ball, right? And you'll see that quite a bit. When people have their back foot slip in the downswing, their, their back foot slips away from the ball. Like it goes backwards towards their heels. And if you look at what his front foot did in the downswing, what did it do? If you watch it carefully, it went towards the ball. So you see he kind of did the splits, right? His back foot went away from the ball. His front foot went towards the ball. That's because he tried to push into the ground. But there was no friction between his ground and the, or his feet in the ground, and those forces weren't there, so he slipped and fell. And so those forces are there in every golf swing we take, but you can't see them because the friction between your feet and the grass or the mat or whatever you're hitting off of don't show them to you. But they're the reason that your body moves the way it does is because the ground pushes it there. Okay, so when we push on the ground, it pushes back. If nothing is there to push back, you slip and fall through ice into a lake. Got it. <laughs> Golf is a 3D movement, without a doubt. Uh, there's rotation, front-to-back rotation, side-to-side -side rotation. Same thing with linear movement. When we apply forces to the ground, that, that force is applied in, in all three dimensions. So we, we'll take a look at the, the total force applied, and typically we'll, we'll show it in a 3D system as an arrow pointing up from the ground. Uh, and that arrow shows the the direction it's going to try to move or try to accelerate the body. For measurement and instruction, it is really helpful to break that 
3D force into its three components. So we'll take a look at the magnitude of the up and down of the vertical force. We'll take a look at the magnitude of the front to back force. And we'll take a look at the magnitude of the side to side force. And that's actually really important to do if you're trying to understand the, the overall effect on the swing, because vertical forces, for example, do not create horizontal plane rotations. Okay, so we have these different forces at play, and we can break them out individually or have them all together as total force. And each one of these, when broken out, has a different impact on what's going on with the body. A vertical force has almost no effect on pelvis rotation. They're operating at 90 degrees to each other, so it it just can't create pelvis rotation. Pelvis rotation is primarily created by pushing, as the golfer looks at it, forward and backward with the two feet. So all three are important. All three contribute to the golf swing separately. So having a good understanding of all three, I think, is really useful for an instructor. Having said that, that doesn't mean that every lesson needs to focus on all three. Pressure mats only measure and record vertical forces. Some people are worried about that. I think that's fine. Most golf instruction lessons don't work on every category of the swing at all times. So it's a, it's a simplified tool. It gives really good feedback and really easy feedback to understand for up and down forces. So we brought in two words there that we need to explore. It's pressure mats and pressure. Hang tight. We're not going to get to that yet. We're sticking with forces. Let's look at one of those forces specifically, vertical forces. A vertical force is what you need to jump in the air. So if you stand, and one thing we've noticed a lot using the pressure plates as well is a lot of people will get the pressure into their heels when they're swinging the golf club, which means it's really hard to push down into the ground when you're swinging. So the the analogy we always give is jumping up in the air. So the only way that you can jump up in the air is to put enough vertical force into the ground that the ground pushes back up on you hard enough that it propels your mass up into the air. And to me, the, the only really way to create vertical forces is to get the pressure into the ball of your feet. And so the, the, the example we always give when people are getting the pressure into their heels and they have very low vertical forces is we'll take the club out of their hand and we'll say, okay, stand there, put all the pressure back into your heels and now try to jump. And most people won't get even close to getting off the ground in that. It's not, you, you can't produce vertical forces in the ground from your heels. Not enough to get over your body weight so that you can jump. And so if you get the, the pressure more into the ball of your foot, then you're more optimally aligned to, to push down into the ground so the ground pushes back up on you and, and gets you up in the air. So basically vertical forces are um, pushing straight down into the ground. And really the only way that we can do that very well is to get in kind of a more athletic position where the pressure gets kind of into the ball of our foot. Dr. Scott Lynn posted an interesting article over on the Swing Catalyst website sharing some of the similarities between different sports, particularly Olympic lifting. And here's a portion from that, which I think is really relevant to this conversation. Here we go. Olympic lifting coaches teach their athletes to get into triple extension, hip extension, knee extension, ankle plantar flexion in order to accelerate the bar upwards off the floor with maximum force. All three of these joint motions increase the force that is placed down into the ground so that the reaction force can accelerate the body and the weight upwards. We'll have a link to this on the show notes, but I think it's a pretty cool analogy to look at when we talk about vertical forces, the golf swing, and then looking at a different sport. 
Scott has been doing some really cool things with 2016 PGA Teacher of the Year, Mike Adams, looking at how different people use the ground most effectively. And they're studying this and doing research on this topic right now. But I definitely think it's worth talking about and sharing. There's basically like three ways that you can create power or speed in the golf swing. Linearly, you can create speed. So everyone thinks of a like, I mean, as like a sway, basically. So, you know, like, so if you just take your pelvis and you translate it towards the target, that would be like a, a linear force production. And we can measure that on the, on the swing callus force plate, how much, how much linear speed you create. And Mike Adams and I are kind of coining some terms to kind of relate this to everyone. So if you are somebody who likes to create speed in a linear sense, we call you a glider. So the, a glider and th- these words actually came from the shot put world. So there's some people in the shot put world that are gliders and there's some people in the shot put world that are spinners. So a glider will go to the back of the, the shot put circle and they, they'll glide a little bit. So they'll like push off and kind of shuffle their way across the thing and then spin a little bit and throw it where the spinners are the ones who do like two or three rotations before they launch the, the shot put. But we think so those who create speed in a linear fashion, we call gliders. Those who create speed in an angular fashion, those who have fast hips or medium to fast hips are the people who can create speed in an angular fashion. Those are going to be their spinners. And people who are spinners generally will have something that looks closer to the optimal kinematic sequence because that seems to be the way that they create speed, which is through angular velocities of rotation. And then the third power source is going to be vertical forces. And so we've got gliders who are linear speed producers. We've got spinners who are angular speed producers. And then launchers is basically vertical forces. So these are the people like uh, Justin Thomas and uh, Bubba Watson, those guys who are like off the ground at impact, basically jumpers. They're creating vertical forces into the ground that can create speed that way. So, so basically, we're now talking about three types of force production or three types of speed production, uh, which are gliders, which are linear speed producers, spinners, which are angular speed producers, and then vertical or launchers. So we have gliders, spinners, and launchers. So that's one piece of this program called Bioswing Dynamics developed by Mike Adams and EA Tischler. And they have tests which allow you to figure out how to optimize what you're doing based on your body. And Dr. Scott Lynn has been looking at this in conjunction with what's going on with ground forces and has seen some of what he talked about with the gliders, launchers, and spinners. And there's a lot more to it than just these three aspects that we just talked about, but great examples of how different people use forces differently. So the next question is, are there any common patterns? What commonalities do we see here? So when I first started testing people on the the swing catalyst motion plate, what I found was everyone had the same kinetic, which was the linear forces peak first, which means the first thing you do in the downswing is glide. So you push away from the target and the ground pushes you toward the target. The second thing you do in the downswing is spin. So that's when you push opposite ways with each foot, which produces that rotational force or torque on the ground. And then the third thing that peaks is the vertical. So basically the the kinetic sequence is to glide, spin, then launch. I used to tell people, 100% of the people that I've measured on the swing catalyst plate have this sequence. So I was like, this is like the kinetic sequence. Everybody has it. But I painted myself into a corner there because what I've learned in the golf swing is if you can never say everybody does blank. Um, and that's when that, that's my kind of filter. Now, if I ever talk to a golf pro and they say everybody needs to, whatever it is, it's not true. Not everybody needs to do any one thing in the golf swing. There is always going to be somebody that's going to be a little different. That's really interesting. We, you know, we have talk of this sequence in kinetics as well, because we talked about the sequence in kinematics in a prior episode. 
And I like his warning at the end there of not saying that everyone does it. I think this is a really good perspective to have and something that the industry as a whole would benefit from. And I asked Dr. Mike Duffy a similar question uh, in what it means to him if someone is using the ground well or something of that sort, because I think it's something that, that we've probably thrown around a bit in golf instruction lingo. So it means that they applied uh, the, the right amount of force or a better amount of force in a better orientation. And again, both are really important. If all you care about is maximum velocity without any control, then, then increasing forces can really help. But you can create a lot of good controllable velocity, not necessarily just by increasing force, but, but by applying it in a really good pattern. So we'll see folks where, um, in fact, we have, we have a couple uh, golfers that we use as, a, as an example. Their, their total force application, especially vertical force, is nearly the same. Uh, and it's pretty substantial. Uh, but one guy carries the ball about 315 and the other carries the ball about 240. So player number two in this example, he doesn't need to learn how to apply more force. He needs to learn how to apply the forces he is creating uh, in a better way. And what's the pattern that, or the, the better way that he needs to apply them? Uh, that varies from person to person. So you can have you can have deficits in all three. You can have uh, not a good vertical force pattern. You can have not a good front to back force pattern, and you can have not a good side to side force pattern. That guy in particular, his, his weakness is the front to back forces. So his vertical force is great. He puts a lot in there, uh, but he's not applying it in a, in a good way. He needs to orient his forces a little bit better. Apply some more. Fact for him, he needs to apply some better pushing back force on his left side, and all of a sudden, that that total force that he's applying would result in a, in higher body velocity. And then, as he learns to use that, that'll transition to better club velocity. So we talked a little bit about what torques are at the end of last week's episode and what's going on with the golf club. Here's a quick refresher on what a torque is. A linear force, for example, we apply to to a door. If we want to close a door, we push in a straight line and, and it, it moves the whole door and it closes. Uh, if you want to turn the door knob, then what you're doing is you're applying a, a torque. And so that's, it's still basically a force, but it, 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 a torque shows the rotational effect of the forces you're applying. And now here's how that concept of torque plays out with the ground. Torque is created by how we combine forces. Horizontal, in fact, the, the example we were just talking about, horizontal rotation, so that would be horizontal rotation that's parallel to the ground. That is predominantly created by the forward and back pushing of the right feet. Um, and so uh, if you've seen a golfer on ice um, and the feet start to slide, what you'll typically see uh, early in the downswing is the trail foot will slide backward because there was not a good uh, there wasn't good friction, so there wasn't a good ground reaction force. And the, the lead side foot will slide forward. We've got on one side, we're pushing one direction. On the other side, we're pushing the other direction. So that's one way of, of creating uh, a torque. The other is the, the wrench example that I gave you. So in this case, we're going to apply one force. And what we're going to do to try to increase the rotational effect is we're going to try to apply that force uh, as far out along that wrench handle as we can. So in that case, the if you if you're looking at the golfer from the front, 
if you got to see the orientation and magnitude of the, the combined ground force, that total 3D force, what we want to do is instead of having it go right through the center of our body, or in this, in my example, that would be pushing right through the lug nut, we want to try to get that force as far away from the center of mass or as far away from the center of that lug nut as possible because that's going to create greater rotational acceleration. And we accomplish that by how we apply vertical forces and also how we apply uh, side to side toward the target, away from the target forces. All right, we've come a long way today. We have more to go. And we're going to continue our journey into this topic on next week's show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or Google Play and join us for that next episode. Thank you so much to our guests for sharing and make sure to learn more from them. Dr. Mike Duffy through the online biomechanics program for coaches through Penn State and Dr. Scott Lynn through some of the Swing Catalyst certifications and education. One other thing which is interesting, if you are someone who wants to do a master's program, you should reach out to him and see if you can work with Scott there. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. It was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Publish Productions. Music includes Simple Hop by Broke for Free, licensed under Attribution 3.0 Unported. Drop of Water in the Ocean by Broke for Free, licensed under Attribution 3.0 Unported. It's a Mystery by Leroy Severe, Attribution 4.0 International. And we'll see you all next week on the Golf Science Lab.